Hi everyone, I'm Carmela Sterling and the photo next to me is of someone who's had great impact on not only my life, but many others. And you know, this series of Under the Spotlight, not only live, but now available on all podcast platforms, has been uh, very successful from your point of view. You're saying to us, hey, I've got inspiration. I learned something from someone. So as we continue with our interesting people who have impact on others' lives, today will be epic. Let me just give a brief introduction. Then we're going live with our guests. This is Dave Gibson. He's a pastor, executive, the uh, senior pastor of missions and evangelism at Grace Church and globally. Um, he now knows that at a, even at a distance, he's impacted my life because when times get kind of wonky, have you ever experienced that? It's like a little out of control. I think, how would he react to this and how would he handle it? Because his calm is like no one else I've ever known. So I think like that. I reached out to him and told him that story and asked him if he'd spend some time with us. And he said yes. So with a warm spotlight, welcome my guest, Pastor Dave Gibson, here live in our studios and globally. Hey, good morning. Hey, Carmela. So excited to be with you. I feel so honored and, and excited that you said yes to this time with all of us. Thank you for bringing uh, your gifts with you too. Who could ever say no to Carmela? <laughs> That's your breath awesome. of fresh air, your sunshine. I call you sunshine. I was uh, come into saw a server the other day. I call her sunshine and yeah. her face lit up. So yeah, but oh, you are awesome. a ray of sunshine to everybody. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I prayed to God that I could use my gifts and this is how it, it showed up. I'm not only comfortable here, but I love shining the spotlight and I can't wait to shine it on you. You have a propension for the sports uh, world and we see you uh, rubbing elbows with, you know, famous football players and, uh, you know, legacy and just not only football, but other sports. And we want to go there first, Dave. How did you land in this mission field, the world of sports? Please. I think when my mother birthed me, uh, there was a football in my hands or something, a baseball or basketball. I, from an early age, I just really, really fell in love with sports. Actually, kind of dominated my life from early childhood, and uh, to the point where I I really was pretty disillusioned with other things like church and organized religion. Even though I grew up in a pretty strong Christian home, uh, I would say really the idol or the god of my life for growing up was was sports. Uh, God blessed me with a level of success. Uh, I was able to, uh, as a high school athlete, play a little bit in the college level too, but uh, captain in all three of my sports, grew up in North St. Paul and wow. and uh, became the most valuable athlete in my high school, a co-athlete of the year with a good buddy of mine. But uh, so it was football I love sports. I love sports. You just love sports in general. Peter, let's show everyone a couple of pictures here of, uh, of Dave now. So you played sports as a kid and now you're hanging out with it's Kirk Cousins and who's the gentleman to Kirk's right that's, that's Mark Mullaney a number one draft pick for the Vikings years back number 77 he was uh played 13 years with the Vikings wow. I think he was in a couple of Super Bowls and Kirk we were out there at a legends lunch and uh, Mark's one of the legends I'm obviously not one I, but he invited me as a guest and we were hanging out with Kirk and Adam Thielen a little bit and some of the players and met uh, some other players and interacted with them. So yeah, I actually get a chance to do some chapels for the Vikings too uh, each year. I, I'll do one or two chapels for the players before the games. 
And what's happening in that world, like when we were all praying for Damar, seems like something changed. Can we get your perspective a little bit on, you know, prayer in the sports world? Because that, I'm, I would love to hear your perspective. That was a pivotal moment for many of us, believers and non, right? We're praying yeah. for someone who needed us. Yeah. I think it was so heartening to see that uh, people really rallying around a real crisis point in the NFL in DeMar's situation, who happens to be a pretty vibrant follower of Christ himself, a man of faith, and he loves the Lord. And But I think believers and non-believers alike were coming and uniting together. And it wasn't whether they were necessarily Christians or not, but they were all taking the knee. And not only the Buffalo Bills and the Bengals when it happened, but started to happen throughout the league, which... It's really quite encouraging, and I don't know, people probably see once in a while after games, players are taking a knee at midfield with uh, Christians on the other team. So I, I, there are some really encouraging signs out there with all the, the turmoil and the schisms and divisions that we have in our culture to see people come and rally around uh, a kind of a, a real sensitive time in the life of our nation. It's it really brought a lot of people together and had a lot of people praying, which was really a good thing. Right, because we idolize the, those uh, famous sports guys. They're amazing on the field. I love football. We love football in this household. And then to have their inspiration of how deep they are in their faith, it's an eye-opener, really. Right, right. So from that, my question is, how do we how do we really get there? Is it just for people who are in the spotlight? Is it just for people who are weaker in me? Like, as a, as a pastor of how many years now? How many years has it been? 30, 34 years. I worked with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes before that for 10 years. So I was a state director here in Minnesota. And wow. that's kind of where I got uh, a heart for sports ministry. And I kept that oar in the water for a lot of years. Even my time here at Grace, we've done this event called Arise with the Guys. We'll have four to 5,000 men that will come each year. And uh, Tony Dudgee has been our host. Uh, for the last nine years, he's coming again this year, and we've got uh, uh, Benjamin Watson and uh, uh, Kevin Warren, who's now the newly appointed general manager for the Chicago Bears, and Tony will be here, and we'll have some guys speaking from the Super Bowl, uh, Jason Romano with uh, Sports Spectrum Broadcast and Pro Athletes Outreach will be here. It'll be great. It's almost like a sports center for Christians. And we interview athletes and they testify about talk about life and living an uncommon life. How do you do that on and off the field and uncommon common life for Jesus Christ? That piece right there. Right. How do we do that on and off the field? We'll go there. But first, the date is April 15th this year. Tickets are on sale now. Peter's put up a link so that you can go. Do I have to belong to the church to go or do I have to be of a certain ilk to go to this? Is this just for all men? No, you've got to give a lot of money to the church and you've got to be baptized. And no, <laughs> I love no, you. It's, You're it's so open, crazy. It's open up to everybody. It's the all come. Oh, I see. just came back from a Super Bowl breakfast down in uh, Arizona. Oh, yeah. And I was flying on an airplane on the way down from Minneapolis to, to Phoenix, sitting next to a gal. I was talking to her about the Lord. She said her husband is battling alcohol and coke addiction but she he loves the minnesota vikings and i said well would he be interested in coming and they both came to the breakfast and it was just amazing we're staying in touch and he it's uh 
sports is such a great avenue to a nice uh, platform in a sports crazed culture. People uh, are often very open to you when you have a platform like that. And they, uh, they might not come and hear a preacher, but they'll come and hear Tony Dungy or someone like that or Kirk Cousins. <laughs> But it completely makes sense, right? Those are people that we, we we love. It's cool. They're cool. What you're doing is cool. So yeah, I want to hear from from like you're saying, sports from the sports uh, arena. And we're seeing more and more and more of that. And I love that people are open. That's what you, Dave, Pastor Dave, does that I've seen over the years. You you just you just you, you share what you have and you let people make the decision and you you bring you bring them in at their level of of comfort and I think arrives with the guys I know the boys in our family have gone they just absolutely love it it's what ten twenty dollars to get in and have this day filled with like motivation on a like to your soul it's just uh, it's amazing so that caveat of I don't have to be of a certain whatever I can have my ears pierced or hair dyed or whatever, I can come. Totally, totally. And be be a part, right? You 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 have a way of, I'm just going to say it, like he's making me so, so comfortable. And I think this topic can be uncomfortable. You don't have to do anything special or look a certain way or, or act a certain way to be a, be a follower. A lot of times people think, and I was there, you know, a long time ago, uh, do I have to be of a certain personality or have right. a certain lifestyle, like scary? I don't know if I can do that. Talk with us a little bit about yeah. that. Please. You know, I run into people all the time. Uh, in, uh, I can really relate to people who say they're disillusioned with church, organized religion, and sometimes they've had some bad experiences and have, and I like to tell people, you know, you and Jesus have a lot in common. And uh, they seem inquisitive or puzzled when I make that comment. I said, you know, he was pretty disillusioned with the religious leaders of the day. In fact, he called them a brood of vipers and a bunch of snakes and uh, even uh, dead men's bones and uh, whitened sepulchers. But his closest followers were just common, ordinary people, tax collectors, farmers, fishermen, people just like you and me. And uh, in fact, in the scriptures, it says that Jesus, he was being accused of being a drunkard, which he wasn't, drunkard and a glutton and a friend of sinners. And that, when I started getting my eyes off of uh, the, sometimes you see some hypocrisy in the church and things that you tend to stumble over. And I'm a part of the church. So I love the church. It's the bride of Christ. So I'm not trying to criticize the church, but it's really about Jesus. And he was, uh, when I started looking at Jesus and uh, his life was so compelling and he caused lame people to walk, blind people to see, raise dead people back to life. I was just talking to Rashid, my Uber driver, two days ago uh, from Somalia. And we just had, I, we were just talking about who is Jesus and uh, what he can mean to us and how he radically transformed my life. And so I was able to get to know his story a little bit, shared my story. So I do that all around the world. I try to, that, that's a little shot of us over in Ethiopia. We had about 800 young emerging church planters there and uh, we're, we're training and discipling them. And so I, I just love it. I love, love people and, and uh, building those little redemptive bridges, try to build a heart a bridge from my heart to other people's hearts. Take us, where are we here? Uh, yes, Peter, I agree with that, that picture. Where are we here? Is it okay, Vietnam? we're in uh, Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, just outside of Addis. 
we did a conference with 1700 uh, Christian leaders from all around the country. And then we went out and did a church planter training. We had about 800 church planters there. But Kaylee Shanko from Crew, uh, uh, he's a global church movement, a senior vice president with Campus Crusade. He and I were there. We both spoke. And they were actually dancing. We got a video of us dancing there, and I'm, I'm a little rhythmically challenged. No, you, I saw the video. It won't play on our on this. Uh, yeah, broadcast. and then the no, other one was in, the other one was in Vietnam, and we just got back from there too. Yeah. So I've been, I was in Zimbabwe, uh, Dubai, uh, Nepal, all in the last three months. Uh, Zimbabwe, and then Vietnam and Iraq and in Jordan in the Middle East. So I've been. Bouncing all over the world. Okay, Pete. Any any of those travel pictures of the all those pictures, Peter? Whatever you can put up there. I went back to your timeline on Facebook because I thought maybe I had seen it wrong. I'm like, has he actually traveled these far off distant lands in this year? It's been in the last few months. I see that you have pictures from as far away as yeah. Ireland and Africa, and you're in Asia, and you're you're. How do you? How do you do that? Like maybe you have a bag already packed and ready to go, but that's not easy travel. Yeah, it's uh, get a little jet lagged out, you know. But uh, yeah, that, we were in Vietnam. Uh, we've had a work there. We've been going there every year since 1994. Got 14 churches throughout the country. We just uh, launched a big church planting, disciple making movement up in North Vietnam. We graduated 685 Timothys or church planters and disciple makers and so it's uh it's really quite exciting i i love uh whatever culture i'm in I learn a little bit of their language and learn how to say john 316 in different languages john 316 what it can you tell us what that is uh that's uh for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life what is it that you have in you that maybe we can learn from maybe a tip from you that you stay steeped in that love for other people. Like, and, and before you answer that, this picture that's up right now of you and another man with a floor with lots of food set in front of you, breaking bread is what I called it. <laughs> that picture gives me chills. I don't have a story, I don't know the story behind it, but it, it tells me how much you love people. The picture with the women, the picture with this man here, the picture with the children, everywhere you travel, you have right. no photographs of just you. There's constantly lots and lots of people yeah. around you. So please, well, that this mindset. One, this one particular Middle Eastern country, uh, there, uh, there's about a thousand orphans and widows that have been displaced because of ISIS. And uh, we're reaching out. Uh, one of the churches that we're partnering with in that region are providing uh, humanitarian assistance, reaching out to them, and food and clothing, housing, and a thousand of them. We're going to have a big outreach in December, Lord willing. And and they are so wonderful. Those uh, women in the uh, hijabs and burkas there, they, uh, they wanted to do selfies with me. So they're very... People respond to love that uh, shake there in the picture. I've known him for over a year. He he canceled a trip that he has. He has over 10,000 people under his leadership. He's a shake and uh, 14 clans. And he's got a militia of about 2000. And uh, he uh, last year, he said, David, you look like you have love. And uh, Jamal, our interpreter, who is, comes from a majority 
population background also. And uh, Sheikh said, I, I've started reading the Bible. I've never read a holy book that said, love your enemies. And uh, so beautiful. And I was sharing about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And he says, is that in the Bible? And I said, yeah. He says, that's so beautiful. And I shared the love chapter with him. And he and I are going through a little discovery Bible study via Zoom once a month. We're taking one fruit of the spirit each month, love in January, joy, February, peace, patience. And I said, you know, shake. We can't manufacture that. That's something that God produces in our lives when he sheds his love abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And that means, that's why we have to be born of God's spirit. We come into relationship with him through Jesus Christ. So we're really having an amazing time there. He rolled out the red carpet to, to us and he's got two wives and 15 kids. He said, David, I want to come to the United States and get another wife. And I said, not going to happen, Shake. You know? <laughs> oh, my be God. He's become a friend. See? This, yeah. right? This this is everything, right? Tell me tell me the briefly, what is a shake? You keep saying shake. What does that identify? What does that mean? He would be a, a, a community and political and religious leader in uh, at a high level. You've got shakes and you have imams. An imam would be like a a pastor in a local community mosque. Yeah. Oh, but in a different religion. Not yeah, he's, it's Islamic, yeah. Islamic. Right. He's a Muslim leader. And okay. uh, it's just beautiful. We had uh, lunch with 11 imams and a sheikh. It wasn't Sheikh Mahmoud. And uh, they just wanted to know that, that they aren't – they wanted us to know that they weren't all militant. They aren't wanting to – death say death to america i mean it was just beautiful and we started out the engagement it was we spent about three hours together with these 11 imams and uh a sheikh and they uh we were hugging each other at the end and we uh just it's amazing uh we we definitely have different worldviews and uh, belief systems but uh you know the lord gives us so much love in our hearts for people from every tribe, every tongue, every people, every nation. Can you give us some guidance or advice on how to stay steeped in that? What is maybe the one scripture you go to or your favorite or you share the most? Or what is a mindset tip that helps you not judge and to, to, to love the enemy and to love those, to just love, you just you just love everybody. Like, I see you, I've seen you, we've mm -hmm. heard you. Oh, we've seen you in person. We've heard you preach. And now this experience I mean, help us all to just understand what can we do? What steps can we take to just be in that state of love? Well, you know, uh, Matthew chapter nine, when Jesus is getting ready to send out his disciples, verses 35 to 38, he, it says he saw the multitudes. And I think, first of all, we've got to see as Jesus sees, see through his eyes, see through the lenses of his perspective. And uh, what happened when he saw the multitudes, it says he was moved with compassion. And we need to feel as Jesus feels. See as Jesus sees, feel as he feels. He says the harvest is plentiful. Nothing wrong with the harvest. It's plentiful. It's the workers that are few. And he says, pray, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. And he, uh, so we need to pray as Jesus prayed for people and then do as Jesus did to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. 
says he went through all the towns and villages, uh, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and sick sickness. He met people at their point of need, uh, physical need, emotional need, spiritual needs. And Jesus uh, was the master need uh, provider. And uh, just living a Jesus lifestyle and saying, Lord, could I see as you see and uh, feel for people as you feel. And he, he so loved the world. And I think love just really, uh, really breaks down a lot of barriers. And that's why I say the greatest truth known to mankind, greatest love story ever told. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. I was saying it in uh, Africa here this past year. In Swahili, it's Kwamana Jinsihi Mungu Aliapwenda Uli Mwengo Hata Komtoa Manaiwa Peke Ili Kila Amuamaniase Pote Bali Na Uzima Wamilele. I'm trying to learn it in 10 languages so I can, when I'm over there, I can share it. Ah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. You travel with a translator everywhere you go. Yeah. Different, yeah be, yes. Be pretty lost without them. We usually have partners on the ground at the other end. We're, we have 131 missionaries in 51 countries, uh, 24 sister churches around the world. And uh, so we partner and then we've planted about over 140,000 first generation churches, house churches all around the world. So. Got to wow. Yeah, God's really blessed and been really gracious. You have a lot of initiatives. I know it's time to wrap it. We're going to steal an extra couple of minutes um, because we love you. <laughs> We're all learning so much. I know there's a lot of people commenting and some will hear it on the podcast and watch the replay of the live. But you are a shining example of letting God use you as a vessel to, to love, to not judge, to welcome people in you're a walking example for so many of us. Uh, do you have any inspirations? I know Jesus is probably your number one inspiration, but any other inspirations along the way? Was there someone in your life that changed your life, that sent you down this direction? Well, the, the, the guy who led me to Christ, uh, Mike Kokoris, and uh, Ron Hess was a state director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, picked me up hitchhiking when I was kind of a struggling young athlete in college, and challenged me and said, are you going to make your life count for Christ? Really a huge impact on me. He led my wife, Wendy, who is my greatest inspiration next to Christ. My wife, I call her my righteous fox. She's amazing. <laughs> and, uh, 37 years and she puts up with me. But she, uh, Ron led her to the Lord and did our wedding. And uh, so those are some people that are, my folks obviously had a big impact on my life too. My wife, Wendy, she's my number one cheerleader. She was a cheerleader at the University of Minnesota. Oh, really? I saw her jumping up and down on the sidelines. And, and all my thoughts were totally spiritual when I saw her. And uh, But she loved Jesus more than she loved me. And I love Jesus, too. And the Lord brought us together and provided us with five kids, ten grandkids. Wow, 10 grandkids. That's amazing. You have a beautiful family. Look at them yeah. all right there. See, you're funny. You're you're just a typical guy in some, uh, some arenas. And you are the example of how we all can just be better loving humans while we're on the planet. Pastor Dave, yeah. we love you. Peter loves you. PJ loves you. We thank you so much. This Everybody watching, love to hear what your aha moments were, what you've gleaned today and uh, to connect with Pastor Dave. 
uh, best way to connect with you? Maybe just arise with the guys or how else, Dave? Email? Uh, Grace.church grace is our website. Just grace.church. And I'm in the missions area. They could drop me a note or uh, arise with the guys. Love to see a bunch of men come on out. We'll get four to 5,000 men come out. So get some tickets. Awesome. No, women allowed. And, uh, no girls allowed that day, huh? Yeah, yeah some sneak in once in a while. So. <laughs> you are the best. God bless you and your travels. Oh. Up to Wendy and the family. Thank you so much for gifting your, your time, your experience, and kind of eye-opening um, conversation with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carmela. God bless you. Appreciate you so much. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for the warm welcome to our guests. You'll be able to see this live on YouTube, uh, continuum here on Facebook, and of course, on all podcast platforms. I can't believe what just transpired to hear from a man who walks the walk, and he's just a great guy, right? And we all want to just be better. And he gave us some ways to just be steeped in love. And that's really what it's all about. Look forward to seeing you next time here under the spotlight. Thanks for joining us today.